It is so, so good to be here. Um, feels like being at home. So thank you all for being here. Um, I love that song, Waymaker, um, and that's truly what I've been living, I feel like, where uh, about a year ago I was asking God, make a way where there seems to be no way, and different times he has opened the doors and made a way for me. So um, I'll come back to what those stories are, but it really does connect, and um, yeah, I just want to pray that over us real quick. God, thank you, God, that you are our way maker. And so I ask over everyone, probably everyone has something that they're needing a way to be made and something where they're needing you to come come through. And so we don't have to wait till the end of the service. I just ask now that you would make a way where there seems to be no way, that you would make a way in relationships and jobs and wounds and hurts and dajahao, um, so I just said, I am, uh, well, Jiao Kathy, I was supposed to say my name first. My name is Kathy, and I am very glad to be here tonight together with you guys to worship Jesus and to encourage each other. So um, I was uh, full-time not full-time ministry, but full-time living here, uh, 2010 to 2013, and a part of this, um, a part of this body then. And then um, I moved to Dallas in 2017, and uh, 2000, sorry, 13, and then to China in 2017. So I've been in China for the past two years, and this um, church has been partnering with me in that. So um, um, one of the main reasons I want to be here is just because the the experiences that I've had, the way that I've seen God move, um, the things that have happened uh, around me and maybe through me are your stories too, because you are a part of that. You have partnered with me um, in that as a body um, some individually and some through prayer, uh, more intense prayer as well, or any kind of prayer. So um, when I went to China two years ago, I had to adjust to, well, I'll just say, I went to a giant city, it's called Chengdu, and when I say giant, it had 14 million people. So that's probably more than some countries. Um, and yet it didn't feel as crowded as that sounds, but there were people everywhere and um, apartments everywhere. And um, I got used, uh, adjusted to the food. So we can put a picture of the food. Um, some people had feared that I would be living off of bugs when I moved to China. And I had a few opportunities where I could have eaten bugs, um, but I was never served them or offered them directly, so I did not partake of those opportunities um, yet. And so here's some examples of things that are, I think, super delicious in Chengdu and in China. So um, where to start? But the top one is, is a, it's like a pork dish with... Um, onions mixed in it and a real, really good sauce. Those little things on the top, what level, right, is called baozi, and those are like a common snack or breakfast food 
buns stuffed with meat on the inside. The middle looks like some dumplings in a spicy red oil. Um, Chengdu is one of the places that really loves their spicy red oil. Um, on the left, mapu tofu, tofu which is um, a, a Sichuan dish. Uh, oh, and I'll just mention one more. The right is hot pot. So in Chengdu, probably their favorite thing to do is eat hot pot, and it's like this giant thing in the middle of the table. You gather a lot of friends together and add your food as you're eating. So it cooks there in front of you. Um, you got really thinly sliced meat, lots of different vegetables. Their, their style of hot pot is very spicy, so whatever you dip in, it comes out in a, in a way that will fire up and numb your tongue. <laughs> so um, it's good stuff. Um, I didn't enjoy everything I ate, but I felt really blessed uh, with the food there. Um, <clears throat> and also, I got used to a new type of transportation. Um, I didn't have a car for the whole time I was there, so I got around by walking, taking the subway, taking um, occasionally a bus, taking a taxi, and taking Didi, which is a version of, of uh, like Uber. So, yes. Have I said where I went yet? No, okay, I went to China. <laughs> so in this context, I can, say that as long as um, don't put any locations or anything associating me with missions online. So even if you want to say like, we're so glad about the ministry that you're doing and put that on Facebook, just don't, even though I know it's nice of you. So um, you can tell me in person or just think it. So, <laughs> um, okay. So um, before I really, really get started, I just want to tell a funny story. And this is part of the just introducing you to the adjustments that I made in life. So um, um, I, yeah, it's sometimes more, sometimes crowded there. And so I got used to taking the subway everywhere. That's no big deal. Um, but one time I went on a trip with four, well, it's four and counting me, three friends and I, um, to a new place, and we expected our adventure to start whenever we got to the new place. However, we got to the subway, it's very crowded. So um, maybe this whole, yeah, this would be fun. Imagine the subway train-like thing is coming through here, and all along here are doors opening for you to jump in, but there's already people. So, you know, normally you would just wait in line and get to the front, but if you wait in line, just patient, that patiently, you will never get to the front. So you have to, like everyone else, gradually push your way to the front. I know that doesn't sound nice, but that's kind of what you have to do in that situation. And then the door opens, and I imagine the four of us jumping in, but there's no room. So the first one jumps in anyway, <laughs> and then the doors close. And then every three or minutes or so, the train cycles through. So another three minutes, the doors open, and my one friend and I jump in, and then the doors close. And then another three minutes, the doors open, and the other friend's like, uh-uh, <laughs> closes with nobody. Fourth time, she jumps in. And then um, last, okay, so I was like, okay, whew, you know, that part's taken care of, no problem. Um, when it comes time to get off, the doors open again. Barely anyone has gotten off, but more people need to get on. So more people are getting on, 
where there was no room in the first place, in my opinion. And, and instead of walking off like I expected to, I'm finding myself going backwards like this. And so I, in a split second, my mind was picturing me going to the next station, having the same problem there, having to get out, having to cross, wait in line, push on, get, go, push off again. So I'm like, nope, I got to shortcut this and get out now. So I... Um, flashed back to my basketball days and got like a rebound stance and turned around backwards and started yelling. I was like, washiacha, washiacha, which means I get off, I get off. <laughs> and just kind of gently, but very firmly pushed my way off the train. And then my heart was pounding. I was like, okay, nobody else is yelling around here, but actually I didn't get that many strange looks and I didn't knock over anybody. So it all worked out okay. <laughs> um, and then minutes later, I was encouraging my friend to cut in line to get our train tickets faster. And I was like, this would never happen in America. <laughs> so, um, yes. So there are, diff it's different culture. Lots of things just come out differently in there. And it's not like I would say, okay, you have to learn how to cut in line. But in the end, sometimes you do. So <laughs> um, it's a little like driving in America, <laughs> in Dallas, you know, okay. So, um, yeah, so I, like I said, I'm here because I want to um, share the stories because they're your stories too, and also share the way that God has been a way maker in my life, um, and, um, and yeah, and a little bit, just a little bit at the end of my, my process of overcoming um, fear and um, acting in faith and just growing in that, not all at once. So, um, so why, why did I go to China in the first place? Why um, do I need to do whatever I'm doing on the opposite side of the Northern Hemisphere versus just staying <clears throat> somewhere much closer where I can speak the language? Um, my reason for going there is a belief that God is passionate for um, not just every person, but every people group in the world. And so we can show one of those verses. Um, all through the scripture, it talks about every, every nation or every people or every family, da-da-da-da-da, will, um, told Abraham, every every nation will be blessed through you. And he said, go and preach the gospel to all the nations. Um, and so, um, can we put that verse up? Is it up? Oh, got there. <laughs> um, and maybe, okay, we'll come back to the other one. Um, so when that got in my heart that God is not just um, wanting the highest number of people, but the highest diversity of people as well, and he's worthy of, of getting all of that worship and all of that redemption. So let's go backwards one. Um, in Revelation 5, 9, it says, this is, I think it's the elders, um, but this is whole scene in heaven where there's a multitude before the throne, and they said, who's worthy um, to take the seal and open the scrolls? And for a while, they didn't find anybody, and then they said, oh, it's, it's Jesus. You are worthy to take this, 
um, the scroll and open the seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. Um, so what I'm pulling out of that now is highlighting that he wants every tribe and language and people and nation because he already purchased them. He already spilled his blood for them to redeem them and to be worshiped by them. And so um, China is one of the places that has a higher number of groups of people that would be called unreached. So in that language and culture segment, um, there could be zero to, if you're going to call it unreached, and, and this whole range does exist, zero to two percent only of Christians. So there's groups with actually zero, as far as we know, and, and groups with any, anything above that. But there's still several that are, there's still hundreds that are considered un, unreached. And so um, that's why China got super highlighted for me. And then I found out about <clears throat> a team serving in Chengdu that I ended up joining. And as I was in the process of joining that team, God whispered in my heart. Um, and, and at that point, I was like, is this really God? You know, but it, he whispered in my heart, focus on the ye. It sounds like go ye, go ye into all the world. The ye people in Western Yunnan. So I was about to move to Chengdu in Sichuan, not in Yunnan, but um, I asked God, is this okay? Like, am I going the wrong way? And he's like, yeah, this is a good first step for you, um, but, I, but uh, I'll give him a chance to confirm that, that word in my heart. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting into that story. I'll have to come back to it, but um, yeah. I'll just summarize. Yeah, so I did get to explore and felt like he reconfirmed that word and that that's what he's calling me to do now in a slightly different location. And I'll share a little more about that story of how I got there. So um, back to Chengdu. Um, we had, uh, I was part of a team that focused on discipling, like meeting people who don't know Jesus um, finding the curious, hungry ones, telling them about him, and then those who are wanting to follow, gathering them into small groups and discipling them, teaching them to share what they know with uh, their family and friend groups. Um, and sometimes that worked smoothly, and sometimes it didn't work smoothly. Um, it was a great, a great experience. Um, and so there were people in my life that I had regular access to, like my Chinese teachers and some regularity of people who come to English Corner. Um, there were some places that I visited and would see the, the shop owners regularly. Um, but after a while, you've basically shared with them as much as you can, or you have to wait until the next time you see them for opportunity. So I uh, tried some more creative ways of looking for people. And I even, you know, went to sing karaoke at a, a, a karaoke place. And I found they had like one sort of Christian song in there. I was like, I'm going to sing that one. <laughs> um, so um, in this 
time where I was a heightened, like, attempting to go out and, and find people. Um, I went and got my hair washed at a certain place to talk to the people who worked there, the, the salon. Um, um, and most of those experiences were positive, but they didn't all lead to, like, finding hungry people. And so I was still asking, like, how can I share with more people? Um, and then Christmas came up, and... Um, we were in a secure season, like, you know, don't have large groups, don't have a lot of people come to your house multiple times a week. Um, it's a great time to cr throw Christmas parties, though, so I was thinking maybe I could sneak in a Christmas party, um, but all of my roommates had a Christmas party at the house, <laughs> and so I was like, ooh, I don't think I should have another one, and I kind of felt um, disappointed, um, but meanwhile... And this is one place where I felt like God made a way. Like, I had made a friend who was a waitress and cook and baker at a restaurant. And she said, we're having um, some students of English classes come and their teachers are throwing parties, Christmas parties for them. But they want a native English speaker to come and explain how to make a pizza at this, at this party. And I was like okay, why not? I, I can try that. So I show up and they said, um, actually we have four, four different parties and we want you to um, make sure you talk about the meaning of Christmas. And I was like, ooh, that's open door. And they're like, and make sure you talk about Jesus. I was like, okay, it's a big open door. <laughs> so um, I got to uh, talk to four different Christmas parties totaling probably close to 100 people, um, including some parents, about the meaning of Christmas and, and who Jesus is and why he came. And, and I didn't have to cook the food for the party. <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> I was very thankful for that opportunity. Um, the second story I want to share is, is pretty cool. Um, I felt like... I think it was toward the beginning of my time in Chengdu that I um, felt like I heard, no, I didn't, uh, saw a picture in my mind of the map of a certain region of China that was to the south of where I was. Um, it's not the place I was living or the place I was going, am going, it's in between. And lightning struck somewhere on that region and and I knew the region's name, and then fire sprung up, and it started spreading to other places. And in my mind, I was like, oh, that's like the Holy Spirit, God encountering people, and then their lives are transformed, and they share it with other people. And this is great. This is what I want to see happen. And then a split second, I was like, but that's just what I want to see. So of course, I'm imagining that. And then I um, took a step outside of our... We lived on the seventh floor, um, but you could go upstairs in our house and then out onto the roof. So we had a way of going outside from our house. So I stepped outside, and when I got outside, lightning flashed in real life. And um, that isn't that common. So I was like, I think God is telling me to hold on to this, to this picture. So as I had opportunity, I would try to go to that region and... Um, look for opportunities for God to encounter people. I'm like, I don't even know what it's going to look like, but I can pray for people and I can try to tell them about him if they're open. So um, 
after a few times of visiting, I had had really good experiences, like met people, had fun, felt encouraged, but no like true lightning experiences So that I was aware of anyway. So the last, um, maybe like two to two and a half, three months before I was set to come back, um, maybe two or less actually, it was my last opportunity to go to this region and um, I got two of my housemates to go with me and we went to like the closest place you could get to by train because we only had three days and we wanted to have some time after we got there. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just like, this is my last chance to go to this region so I'm gonna just show up and see what happens and what can happen. So, um, so also as we're leaving, someone said, hey, I've heard that there's this people group there called Arsu, and the thing is, our team had been praying for the Arsu people group. It's only a group of like 30,000 people, but zero known believers. Um, they're like, they're in that area, so see if you can find any Arsu people while you're there and share with them. So we're like, okay, we'll look for that too. So um, we got there, and... One of the ladies that traveled with me was sick, so she stayed back at the hotel, and my friend and I went out and ended up talking to someone that we, that we couldn't really understand each other at all. And then we came back, and um, she was talking to this person right outside the hotel, like she had been kind of journaling, and he walked up. So he started asking all these questions like, who are you? Why are you here? How long are you going to be here? Um, and so I was like, uh, just vague answering. And then I was like, well, he's really interested, so I'm just going to turn the questions back on him. So I said, um, hey, yeah, I think this is a really neat town. I've noticed there's a lot of uh, minority people. I think they're ye. Um, are there any other people groups in this area? Um, and he said, yeah, there's also Arsu. And I was like, oh, oh, really? Um, where are they? <laughs> and he named three cities. And I was like, oh, okay. If I pull out a map, can you show me where that is? So I pulled out a map and he pointed to them. I was like, okay. And then he gave me some more information. He's like, not here, not here. Actually, here has even more. So um, after we got back to our hotel room, we used an app and circled those places on the phone map, and then just said, how about tomorrow we'll go um, to whichever place we find a bus to. <laughs> so uh, we'll go to the bus station and see if there's a bus and go to one of these places. So, um, so that's what we did. The next day we got there at about noon, and we're like, okay, let's eat lunch. And we're like, nope, let's find a bathroom. That's got to be our first priority. Um, but it's a small town. Actually, oh, there's the Christmas party. Thanks, I forgot to talk about that. I mean, I forgot to talk about showing the picture. This is where we ended up, this beautiful town, um, one of the most beautiful places I've been, but I didn't go there knowing anything about it. So uh, we landed in the town, part of the town, which you can see, got off the bus there, and it's small enough that there weren't public restrooms or like a KFC with a restroom or anything. So um, 
So we just started asking. And the second person we asked was like, yeah, I know where you can go to the restroom. So she started walking us down and into this courtyard area that had a, a closed-in bathroom. And um, there were three of us. So as one is in, the other two are out. And we started talking to her and found out she's Arsu. And she was super excited that we were there. And she said, hey, I want to show you around town. So we're like, great. Yeah, how about after lunch? Um, you can show us around town. And we started eating lunch and noticed she's waiting for us right outside the restaurant. So we're like, don't just stand there. You can come sit with us. And then um, she showed us around town. And we walked with her. She was just happy the whole time. So we mixed in like normal everyday conversation and a little bit of talking about God um, in that time. And she taught us some of her dance moves. She loved to dance. Um, we practiced dancing on the side of the mountain. And she walked us up to where we could look down on the village. So that road you can barely see on the right is where we walked up. Um, and then we walked back down and had a random experience of, of putting our knees into boiled corn <laughs> to uh, warm, the, warm it up, but there was a, a blanket between us, so it wasn't mushy, and that was great, and then our, we found out the bus was leaving at a certain time, so we had to catch it, and we said, well, we're going to have to go in a few minutes, but can we pray for you before we go, and we used the, the Chinese word for prayer, but she was like, I don't know what you mean. Like, she, she just looked blankly at us. So we tried to explain, like, we would like to talk to God and we believe he loves you and he wants to bless you and is there anything we can ask him for you? And she just was still kind of confused. So we're like, well, we'll just try. <laughs> so, um, so we told her, like, we believe God brought us here because he has his eye on you and he loves you and he wants to bless you and do things through your life. And... Um, let you know him, and um, and when we prayed for her knee and her back and her kids, and and she just sat there smiling, like she didn't refuse us, and she didn't say, oh my gosh, I need to follow. She just sat there smiling. So we took that as a win, and we got her contact information, and um, had to catch the bus that was leaving, and so um, so. It was like a mega win. Like we had never met an Arsu person, but we got to meet her and we got to share a little bit with her and we got to pray for her and she was open and we got her contact info. But I was also thinking like, but I can't go back. And so what's going to happen to this woman? So um, she, uh, uh, yeah, so I knew I, I didn't have time to go back at least in that chunk of time. So I started sharing with some friends who also travel into the mountains. I was like, hey, would you guys be interested in going and um, sharing with this woman and with the Arsu people in this region? And their first response to me sounded like, um, well, we are really focused farther west and we don't have more people to send there, so I don't know, you know, kind of sounded like no. Um, but I was like, well, okay, I understand, but I'll go ahead and send you the picture of the, the map and of the woman that we met and the mountains and stuff. So I sent him those pictures, and then my roommate 
that had been with us, the one who had been sick, said, hey, did I tell you, I felt like when we were praying for that woman that lightning struck that town and that God's going to do something there. I was like, wait, did you know that's what I was praying for? And she said, no. (laughs) So um, I feel like she just didn't know or forgot, but that God was confirming that, 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 you know, he's going to do something there. So, um, so that was really cool. And then the, the guys that I had talked to about going there, um, that, well, one guy, he messaged me back a little while later, a few days, a week, something later, and said, um, hey, when can you get together? I was like, well, why? And he said, I want to talk to you about going to that place. I was like, oh, great, tomorrow. So we got together the next day, but it wasn't just him. He brought like this whole team of guys, and they said, we decided we're going to go there, but we want you to tell us about it. So I was like, great. So I told him about this place, and they got really excited, and they said, um, their vision is to kind of be connectors So not just to do all the speaking, sharing themselves, but to find people in country and and connect them. So they said, we're going to commit to this group um, to do that. And if if we find that there's no one already reaching out to this group, we'll find someone and we'll keep working on it until, until it happens. We're not just like goofing off, we're like committed to this. And I was like... Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, so all the way from people praying to me wandering around look, looking for lightning to strike to going with friends and sharing and then God lining up people to follow up, like all of those things I couldn't have done by myself, but God opened the door and made a way. Um, and then the last story I want to share is about um, how I found the new new city to be a part of. So after about a year in country, I had gotten more comfortable with the language and with transportation and um, kind of got released to do more traveling within the country and to visit that area. You could think of it kind of like a, the size of a state like California, like but not long, just a weird shape. Um, and <laughs> actually, yes, he's on it. He knows what I'm thinking. So, um, or is it she? I don't know who's controlling. So uh, the orange one in the middle, Sichuan, that's where I lived. And then right below it is Yunnan. That's where I want to go and where I was, um, this part I'm going into is where I'm about to be. And then uh, Dali City is kind of the middle of the western part of that. So um, so I was released to travel more. Go to the next slide. It's a little complicated looking, but if you look at the pink, the bright pink areas, that is the area that's primarily Yi. So I tried to go as many places in that area as I could, and a few that also had Yi that were outside of that, or a few that were out. So um, Anyway, um, before I ever got to start traveling, I went to um, visit a friend who was visiting from out of town. She came to Chengdu for a uh, homeschooling conference, and I went to visit her, but she was staying in a hotel next door to this other woman and introduced me to her, 
and said, hey, Kathy's about to go to Dolly next week. And she said, oh, I, I live there with my husband and we work with uh, 33 Bibleless ye people groups. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we have to know each other. <laughs> so she said, hey, um, when you come to Dolly this time, when you come to Dolly, I won't be there, but you should stay at my house. And, and these, this lady is also my friend and she and her husband can show you around and let you into my house. I was like, Okay, okay, that's awesome, like huge open door. Um, so that did ha happen. I went to their house and their friends let me in and showed me around. Um, but that was mm, technically the third city I visited on, on, the, on the first trip. But I didn't know like for sure this is where God's leading you. So I kept exploring a lot of cities, but later... Um, got to look back on it and see just how many doors he had opened for me there. Another one is, um, it, uh, actually at one point I was strongly considering, I haven't ruled this out for the future, but I'm also not planning it for the future per se, um, starting a, uh, a part of a tourism business. So this area that it's like different kinds of mountains in every section of the province and it's a lot of different culture to explore. So it's a really great place for tourism. And there were some other people who were starting a business and they're like, we need people at each of these places and maybe you could be one of those. So I was really strongly um, considering that and visited there with two couples who were planning to do that. And so. I was excited about that, and then that door closed. And also, at the same time, the, the government got stricter on, on who they would let be in the country and how you had to verify your visa. And I was just like, oh my goodness, how is this gonna, how is this gonna work? Like, am I even gonna have a way to get here? And so I started praying, like, God, make a way where there seems to be no way. And that was, that was my words. Um, and then, uh, at least for now, he has opened that door via teaching English uh, there. So the same family that, that said, yeah, come stay in our house, even though we're not there, they introduced me to a Chinese-believing woman who runs a language center that teaches both English and Chinese. And they were really looking for English speaking, like native English speaking English teachers. Um, and so they were super excited to find out about me and were like, yeah, we would love for you. She said, I would love for you to come work um, for me. And um, I was like, that seems like a great opportunity. I, um, there's a few things about the place that are great as well, as well as her. So um, said eventually yes to that opportunity and that got me to the place I want to be that is somewhat surrounded by ye people. It doesn't show up there, there's ye in different directions from Dolly as well. Um, <clears throat> so, and even, um, I would say the chance of getting prematurely asked to leave the country is real. Like, I just have to hold that with an open hand, it could happen at any time. But I'm very um, 
I mean, I'm being cautious, but really it's not up to me in the end. So, um, but I'm really thankful to be there as long as I was and have the opportunity to go back. So I'm thankful that he's making that way. Um, yeah, and then, I, yeah, I couldn't figure out how to make this exactly flow, but I do want to just share about a little journey of overcoming basically insecurity uh, while I was there, and it's still a process, and of God continually calling me to do things, and I'm like, oh, that seems, well, okay, let me back up. When I was in Texas, I did, um, uh, like, like I said, I moved away from here in 2013, moved to Dallas to do a program in linguistics as preparation for Bible translation. So I also did a, um, a training through the church there um, for church planting. So when I was in that, I read you know, their materials, and the first story was this guy who got up at a, at a train station and preached like, okay, actually a guy died and he got up and stood by the dead guy and he's like, this guy is dead and you will be too. And then he preaches the gospel, like you've got to hear this. And then the people jump on the train, leave, new people come, he does it again. And that's great. But in my mind, I was thinking, I would never do that. <laughs> that was what was going on. I was like, maybe I'm in the wrong, the wrong place and I'm just not bold enough. You know, this is uh, probably the enemy talking to me. And, um, Eventually, God said, don't focus on being bold. Just be obedient. And so, and he said, stop saying you're not bold. I was saying, I'm not bold enough to blah, blah, blah. He said, no, first stop saying you're not bold. And then um, don't focus, at least for now, on being bold, but focus on being obedient. And so that freed me from like, oh, I have to be this type of personality. I just have to do whatever God says. And so um, through, through the time, I'm gradually taking steps into doing things that originally I probably would have been scared to do. And I wouldn't say, <laughs> I can't say I'm not bold, but I want to. <laughs> so I, I don't know what I would say about my personality now, but I don't necessarily think it comes naturally. But, but all these things are starting to become more and more fun for me. So, um, so I just want to encourage you, like, if there's anything that God's asking you to do, um, don't say, I can't do that because I have this kind of personality or because that's too scary or uncomfortable or uh, whatever. Just even if you have to take the smallest step, keep, keep walking in whatever direction that he's calling you to go. Um, yeah, and he'll help you keep letting go of those things that are trying to block you, that aren't even able to block you. Um, so yeah, so these are the stories I wanted to share because you are a part of it, and um, God is a good way maker, both overseas and here in Broken Bow and Idabel and McCurtain County, so um, if you, I didn't come to like try to get more money or whatever, um, but I will have opportunity if you want to sign up for um, for a newsletter, hear about what I'm doing. You can also sign up as a, like, I really want to pray, like, anytime you need anything, let me be your prayer warrior. Um, 
you have to just, just tell me that's what you're wanting to sign up for. Otherwise, it'll be the normal newsletter, which you can also use to pray. Um, there's opportunity to be a financial partner. If you want, ask me or ask Pastor Jimmy, and we can let you know how to do that. Also know that this church is already uh, partnering with me. And, and um, yeah, don't be afraid to ask God what, what he's asking you to do. Where are there people that, if no one crosses that language or culture barrier, they won't hear about him? Maybe they're here in Broken Bow. Maybe they're somewhere else. And um, let him continue leading you in that. <laughs> Thank you.